Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen. The Jets coaching search is over 1020 p.m. Thursday, January 14th. The New York Jets tweeted that Robert Sala has agreed in principle to become the 20th head coach of the New York Jets. Yeah, it's an exciting time for the organization, for Robert Sala, who gets his first head coaching gig with the green and white. Uh, of course, most recently, he has been the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator in the past four years. But you look at his background, really worked his way up in National Football League circles, uh, considered a great teacher, an excellent communicator, an outstanding motivator, checked so many of the boxes the Jets had when they started this. And I was not surprised at all to hear that, you know, you hear from media circles that Joe Douglas, who had never previously met Robert Salah before, those guys hit it off immediately. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's been a couple couple people out there that are like, well, now the Jets are fully rocking the ball duo between Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, and an intimidating duo as well. But, you know, I, I think that when you look at what Joe Douglas and Christopher Johnson described as to what they were looking for, I think Sala checks almost all of the boxes that come to my mind. I mean, when you think of a CEO type, seems like that guy brings energy. Everyone that used to play for Sala has great things to say about him. I mean, Richard Sherman tweeted about him. Joe Staley, who's not even on the defensive side of the ball. He's a 49ers left tackle for so many years. He tweeted great things about him. Robbie Gould, the kicker, tweeted great things about him. Then you roll on with the media and how how and what they think of the hire. I mean, right now, as we record this on Friday, January 15th, obviously there's ball left to be played. He hasn't coached a, a single down for the Jets. It still needs to become official as we record this, but so far it seems like this is a home run hire. Well, yeah, we don't we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Like you said, you got to put pen to paper and we'll have to see if he docusigns or signs in person. And, and the other point of the matter is it, it's early to say it's a home run hire, but it's not too early to say that the Jets got exactly who they wanted. They interviewed nine people in all, casting a wide net. Two people came to one Jets drive. That was Sala and then Titans offensive coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. And a couple hours, in fact, after Smith finished up his interview, we heard the news that the Jets had reached an agreement with Sala. And people in the media are saying that he targeted the Jets as well. And Joe Douglas said that when the search began. That I want to find out what this person's vision is for the New York Jets. Who am I getting in a partner? And Sala, he interviewed with a number of teams throughout this process. So again, both sides picked each other here. And on the surface, it does seem like a perfect fit. Uh, five of the last six Jets head coaches now have been defensive coordinators in the National Football League. So that's just an interesting nugget for you. And you mentioned uh, 20th coach in franchise history. Jets going in a new direction here, but they move quick. Uh, they were extensive. They talked to people on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball. They talked to a former NFL head coach of the nine people they interviewed. Eight people currently, uh, of the nine people, I should say, 
they announced that they interviewed eight of right. those folks were NFL assistants. One, Marvin Lewis had NFL coaching experience, um, NFL head coaching experience. And I think a lot of people thought that Sala was going to be a guy who was going to be running a team next year, just didn't know where. And at the onset of this search, you saw a lot of connections with him in Detroit because of his upbringing uh, being from Michigan, also attending uh, Northern Michigan, playing tight end there uh, and having a lot of connects in the area, including his parents living really close to the Lions facility. And in fact, Sala interviewed with them, but uh, the Jets pounced on him. And uh, you mentioned uh, a lot of praise out there from players, which is telling, and also uh, media folks who've covered the National Football League all over the place. So, um, you know, uh, and I and the other thing is, lastly, I think Jets Nation is very excited, and, and they have a right to be. I don't know about you, but a couple of days ago when we announced that we put your story up there that Salah completed his interview at One Jets Drive, a lot of people had uh, visceral reactions. They were very upset. <laughs> yeah, that, they did. I think they had a... Well, when you look at almost like last year when Matt Rule interviewed with the Panthers, he was scheduled to go to the Giants, but they didn't let him out of the building. So there's this whole, even with you know free agency and with the head coaching search, there's a lot of, well, if you like somebody, don't let him out of the building because then another team could swoop in. And the Jets are the second team out of the seven vacancies to fill their spot yesterday, the same day that the Jets in principle agreed to terms with Robert Sala, Urban Meyer becomes the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that was a candidate that the Jets didn't announce an interview. I don't think they did interview Urban Meyer as a candidate. I don't know, you know, to what extent they, the wide net was cast in terms of just doing homework, but you know, the Jets interviewed nine people, like you said, or they announced nine interviews and they almost kind of had their pick of the litter in terms of who they interviewed and who they wanted to bring in because the other positions are open. And I think I wanted to just bring up what you said. I think it's really cool that it, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala didn't know each other before this process. And then they interviewed through zoom virtually last week. And then of course brought them in for a second interview. I think that's really cool for, for someone, uh, you know, a first time GM and now a first time head coach to be, to meet each other, have no connections. And then, end up being the right fit for one another. And the only connection that Sala really has to New York and the area, and this is a really cool story that I'm sure we'll get into, is that Sala's brother was working in the World Trade Center the day that they collapsed, September 11, 2001, and he survived. And that sparked Sala's, almost kind of changed his mindset from being a financial guy, being in the family business. And then he was like, you know what? I think I should go back to doing what I love and I want to be involved in football and I want to coach. Yeah, follow your passions. And uh, the story uh, that's been told multiple times now, and I'm sure we're going to hear Sala talk about it next week as well, is Pete Carroll, his former head coach with Seattle Seahawks, talked to the staff about, hey, putting together your mission statement. Why, why do you do this? And he talked about his brother being at the World Trade Center and uh, the first tower being hit and him looking out the window and seeing a big yacht outside and thinking that was odd. And then 
the fire, uh, obviously, uh, from the building, the first tower being hit. And then a lot of people who he was working with, and, and I think he was in a second day of training, actually. A lot of people he was working with uh, went back to their offices in their desks while he started making his way down the stairs. And then the second plane hit. He continued to make his way out. Firefighters going up the other way, trying to save lives, as we all know, made his way back to the hotel. But when he was on the street, everybody looking on that fateful day, on that tragic day, and uh, watching these symbols of freedom fall down. And, you know, I can't imagine, you know, still we're talking here in 2021. In many respects, it feels like it happened a thousand years ago. But in many respects, uh, for us who were close to New York or maybe D.C. during that time, I think it, it feels like it was 100 seconds ago. Um, an indelible image uh, left on all of us uh, United States citizens, um, you know, as we talk about freedom. But, uh, you know, can you imagine that in a lot of families, unfortunately, a, a lot of thousands of families, in New York, in D.C., uh, you ha had to try to contact people, not have cell service, and not know what the status was of their loved ones or uh, the people, their colleagues or friends or things like that. Just unimaginable that people had to deal with that. And that included his family. Um, so when they finally found out that his brother was okay, he drove back home to Michigan and, uh, Robert said, Hey, I could be in a financial field and, but am I really following my passion? What do I want to do in my life? And that kind of started him on his track back towards football, because this is a guy who played tight end at Northern Michigan. And I believe, uh, in 2001, he was 22 years old right now, obviously he's 41 years old, but he worked his way up in NFL circles and Pete Carroll, you know, we'll talk about his mentors, not only today on the podcast, um, but in the days and weeks and months ahead, however long Robert Salah is the head coach in the New York Jets, but uh, Pete Carroll uh, left a big imprint on him. Yeah, and like you said, tons of mentors. And after the after his change of mindset, where he went from the finance world to football, he grinded his way to where he is now, which or which is the head coach of the New York Jets. But before that, was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. And you know, I, I think we should talk about kind of his reputation as defensive coordinator. There, we've touched about it before on previous podcasts and videos, but that 49ers defense is one of the best in the league. They were fifth in total yards allowed this season. And despite injury, both up front with someone like Nick Bosa, D Ford losing to Forrest Buckner in the Solomon off season, Thomas, via trade goes on. Yeah. Right. The list continues to go on. Even in the back end, Richard Sherman was hurt most of the year. I mean, that defense gave, a hundred percent of what they had. And it was still a very good defense. And we said this before on a, uh, on a, I don't remember if it was a podcast or video, but regardless, we said, whichever team hires Robert Sala, the one thing that they won't have 
is a lack of energy because that team is going to give it all they have for 60 minutes. I don't know if you can hear their sirens outside right now, so I apologize. But regardless, I do think that the Jets are in 2021 and so on are going to give a dogfight for 60 minutes. Well, yeah, and there's a couple ways of looking at it, right? Is that I think sometimes if we see the passion on the sideline, we see the demonstrative faces, we see him jumping up and down and think, well, that's going to be a carryover to the way he teaches. Uh, it's exactly the opposite. Um, you know, the people who've been around him talk about uh, um, a very thoughtful person. Not saying he can't be thoughtful if you're jumping around, but measured. He treats men mm -hmm. like men. He doesn't treat them like boys. And I think that's what a lot of players respect about him is that he talks to you in a calm manner, in a teaching manner. And uh, one of the things the NFL tweeted uh, recently that I just retweeted was uh, Salah talking about how you go about coaching. Everybody's got different strengths, but you have to know what your weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. And also you have to align yourself with a great staff so that maybe what your weaknesses, your weaknesses, maybe somebody else, it's their strength. So diversity, uh, you know, we use that word a lot in, Sala talks about, yeah, sure, different races, you know, different backgrounds, all those things, but different teaching philosophies. So what we see on game day is you saw him be one way as a defensive coordinator. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be jumping up and down on the sideline when he's a head coach, but I imagine he will carry that emotion over because you are who you are. You have to be the best, best version of yourself. But – in a classroom setting, in a teaching setting, um, I don't want to say mild-mannered, but the way the players have talked about him is that, and if you watch his news conferences too, very calm uh, on, mm -hmm. on one level, never, never gets off, never gets off. And then on game day, that's what you want from guys anyway, because football is such a passionate game and you leave it on the line for three hours. But so much goes into Sunday is about what you do inside the classroom. And he is considered to be one of the best teachers in the NFL. And that's one of the big reasons why he's here. He's a communicator. He's a motivator. He's a teacher. And also when you hear him talk about leadership, that's who I want. I want a guy who says, yeah, I know what my strengths are and I'm pretty good at what I do. I have a lot of confidence, but I also know where people are going to help me in other areas. Yeah. I think that the Jets fans are extremely excited. I mean, I'm pretty excited to see what Robert Sala is going to bring to the table as head coach of the Jets in 2021 in the future. I mean, you kind of said this in a different video, but like what's not to like about him is rave reviews from everyone he's worked with including Kyle Shanahan, including the media, including John Lynch, Richard Sherman. I mean, we mentioned uh, Staley and Robbie Gold, too. I mean, that everyone seems to like this guy, and for good reason. And I think that he's going to provide a shot in the arm. And you talked about teaching. Well, teaching and developing young talent go hand in hand. And for the Jets that have an extremely young core of player and a plethora of draft picks, 
that will need to be taught and developed. This guy seems to be the guy that fits the bill for what the Jets want to do and what they want to build and build that culture that Joe Douglas has reiterated since day one. And he's going to have to fill his staff, which will happen over the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll see who lands in New York. But I think when you look at, you know, you got to work from the top down in terms of the coaching staff and all signs point to Robert Sala being the right guy to lead the team. The questions about the draft and free agency and the staff are on deck. But right now, the task at hand was to find the right coach. And I think by all accounts, the Jets seem that they have done that. Yeah, it's a real, it's a relationship business. So who, how is he going to go about filling that staff? And I'm sure the Jets and him talked about that. That's a big thing was the Jets were looking for a CEO type. Well, he wants to be that CEO type. He wants to be the leader. Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Who's going to be a special teams coordinator? All that stuff that he'll have to fill that staff out in the days ahead. But again, relationship business, he's got strong relationships in the NFL. So uh, very interested and excited to see how he does go about filling the staff. But I would like to go back and say that uh, the Jets, while they obviously fell for him, I think he fell for the Jets too. And what did the Jets have gone for them? Well, they got Joe Douglas, who's universally respected in NFL circles, got three Super Bowl rings. Um, He is a guy who's talked about – creating an egoless culture. And when you hear somebody talk about that, I'm sure that resonated with Robert Salah. Then you talk about Christopher Johnson. He said he and his brother, Woody Johnson, are going to provide the resources necessary to be successful. Team president, Jaime Elhai, he was a big part of the reason why Joe Douglas is here. He was part of that interview process as well. Then we talked about draft capital. Number two overall pick, number 23 overall pick, um, six picks in the top 100, two first-round picks next year, financial flexibility, $70 million under the camp. So you have a chance to come in here and leave an imprint on the roster, and you talked about it, big point there, development. And we've seen throughout his career that his units had been successful, but when going back to when he wasn't a defensive coordinator, when he was working his way up, guys developed under him uh, at various uh, teams. And uh, the mentors, we talked about Pete Carroll before, but how about Gus Bradley? How about a guy like Dan Quinn? How about even going back to Gary Kubiak and the offensive side of the ball? So uh, great relationships and Kyle Shanahan, he couldn't have said enough about this guy when he was getting interviewed uh, this time around. And remember, Salah, what? He was the finalist last year with Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. So right. it was either one, of the, either one of those two guys. And I bet you he benefited, and he's talked about this before, just going through that process once before. And I'm sure he was all the better for it the second time around. No doubt. Uh, you know, you mentioned development and the different players. I just want to point out in San Francisco, Nick Bosa was the rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year under his tutelage. And you might be like, oh, well, that's obvious. Number two overall pick. And he was a monster at Ohio State. Well, Fred Warner was a third round pick, 70th overall, turned into one of the NFL's best young linebackers. So that's just, that I think speaks to a little more development than, you know, than maybe the number two overall pick does. Although 
there are number two overall picks in the past and top 10, top five picks who don't pan out. So there's a reason for that. And development is a big part of Robert Sala's resume. And then I think the other thing that we don't know right now, as we record this, we is what the Jets defense will look like. We know what the 49ers defense looked like under his tutelage. When you think of the four, three front and you think of zone heavy schemes, well, maybe he'll want to bring that to the Jets or maybe he'll tailor it a little bit based on who the Jets have at the different spots of the defense. So I think that's something that we need to keep an eye out for because he'll be asked about that and I'm sure he'll have an answer. And, you know, I I think it's kind of a fluid situation in terms of X's and O's right now. Yeah. And what's going to happen on the offensive side of the ball? I mentioned Kubiak before Kyle Shanahan. Does this mean the Jets move to a run heavy system? with a lot of motion and also a passing game that features a quarterback on the move. You might see that as well. We'll have to see. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of X's and O's questions. And like we said, it's January 15th. Free agency is until March. The draft is until April. So there's a lot of boxes that need to be checked. The first one of the off season was finding the right coach. The jets have done that. Then after that, it's his staff. That's to be determined. Then after that, it's free agency, who you want to bring in, who you want to keep, and so on. And then we'll finally get to the draft. It's going to be an exciting offseason for the Jets. We knew that. This is the tip of the iceberg. And I think just based on the reaction of social media, both analysts, both players, fans, everyone seems to be in unison here where there's no discord. Everyone seems to be giving the seal of approval that Robert Sala is the 20th head coach of the green and white. Everybody wants to turn the page. You know, it's interesting on the podcast, uh, Adam Schefter had was uh, Sala here this year. And, and they talked about the Super Bowl. When the 49ers held a 10 point lead in the Super Bowl over the Kansas city chiefs. And they talked about third and 15 when Mahomes went to Tyreek Hill and the game changed and, Obviously, Patrick Mahomes went on to be Super Bowl MVP, and the Chiefs erased that double-digit deficit. And the 49ers, despite having such a great season, they finished second. And he said he still thinks about that. And he also said maybe that was the start of a 2020. That was forgettable in many respects for people who follow the Jets, Jets fans, 2-14, and 14, awfully difficult year. A tough year for the 49ers, too, because they ended up finishing 6-10. and 10. With that being said, Salas still was able to overcome those injuries and coach them up, and that was still one of the better units in the National Football League. But it's time to turn that page, and this is a guy who is ready for his head coaching opportunity, and we'll have to see how success- successful he is. But... If you're a Jets fan, you're awfully encouraged about the structure of this organization. And, you know, again, he checked all the boxes. He really checked all the boxes. And it takes two to tango. So the Jets wanted him. He wanted to be here. And I'm sure he's going to be quite impressive when he gets an opportunity to talk to the media and the fans through the media at his opening news conference. So uh, it's 2021. It's time for all of us to turn the page. Everybody's dealt with a lot this year, Um, you know, real living things. But also from a Jets fan perspective, they're looking for an escape and they want to be proud of their franchise and love their franchise. And 
you know, he's a guy, not just from what he you see on the sideline, but just his background and the way people talk about him and the way his people, his players have played for him. You have to say, all right, we're moving in a new direction and we like it. 2021. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very well said. And I think that's the perfect way to end this episode of the official Jets podcast powered by AWS. We'll be back next week with some more stuff. I guess we'll find out what that is. We'll probably be breaking down Salah, speaking to different guys who know Salah throughout the course of the offseason. So make sure to stay tuned each week to the official Jets podcast powered by AWS. <laughs>